Uh, Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald, who has been the leader of NJOP, the founder of NJOP, uh, National Jewish Outreach Program since 1987, is with us live via telephone. There is a high holiday beginner service that's going on in a, in a, what seems to be a million places, but many, many, many places around this country. That's in addition to everything else going on at NJOP. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's great to be back. How did you know that I love Yitzhak Fuchs? <laughs> All right. And, and you know where I first heard Yitzhak Fuchs? Do you uh, have any idea where I first heard Yitzhak Fuchs? I hope here. J.M. and the A.M. <laughs> you were playing a song, Hamavdil, and I'm crazy about it every Saturday. I, I turn it on. I agree. But you have to. It's impossible to get this new album. You have to tell us where we can get his new album. Yeah, you know, I can't figure out what's going on between iTunes and CDs in the stores. A lot happening in this industry that just doesn't make sense when certain stuff comes. I will, I will try to investigate that, and I, <laughs> and I appreciate you giving me the assignment. It's something that was bothering me earlier this morning about a about another album. Yeah. So in, yeah. 19, in 1987, Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald found NJOP. Was it around this time of year? So much, so many of these types of organizations, if there is a comparison between yours and others, which I'm not sure, he's just so unique. Uh, you know, the beginning start, uh, you know, appropriately, Rosh Hashanah time. Did yours start Rosh Hashanah time? Um, we started a little bit before. We offered the crash course in Hebrew reading starting in January of, two, of 1988. Wow. That was our first program. We opened our offices in 1987 in September. You know, I noticed, and I, I'm not going in any order here. We'll get to the Rosh Hashanah stuff. Don't worry. But this really fascinated me. You, you, you challenged people on Twitter can they learn to read Hebrew before the new year begins? And apparently, um, you know, hundreds went ahead and did it. Over 300 new prospective Hebrew readers took the first step, starting to watch the NJOP instructional video series, etc. Um, why? Who? Can, I mean, I know it was you, but but at, at what point did you have this epiphany that the road to observance, the road to feeling a part of the Jewish people? has to go through the avenue of learning how to read Hebrew. Well, you know, all these sophisticated people come into synagogue. They have no idea what's going on because everything is in Hebrew. And they feel inadequate, and they walk right out. Right. But when you have these, even members of synagogues who are non-Hebrew readers, and they gain the knowledge of Hebrew, they feel welcome. It's really an avenue for them to become more involved in Jewish life. Uh, it's not the same thing as a crash course in basic Judaism or crash course in Jewish history. That's just uh, peripheral knowledge right. where it goes in one ear, goes out the other. <laughs> but if they have to slave over, not really slave, it's very easy to learn Hebrew. If they learn Hebrew in these five lessons, and actually you can start reading Hebrew after the first lesson, uh, they really feel part of the Jewish community. And after the first lesson, you can actually start reading Hebrew. After two lessons, you can make a bracha. After three, you could... Uh, sing the Manishtana or something like that. It's really an incredible key to welcoming people to Jewish life. Well, this is something you and I have discussed many times. You know, again, at some point you discovered how easy it is to learn Hebrew. You know, th those of us who, you know, took our time doing it <laughs> and did it over a period of years never looked at it as a fast, easy process. You discovered it could be one. And this year we reached two major milestones. We yeah. welcomed our one million participant in Shabbat across America, wow. and we reached a quarter of a million people who've learned to read Hebrew. A quarter of a million people. 250,000 people have learned to read Hebrew, and we're eager 
to start but with the next 250,000. And now that you again have made this discovery to social media, Twitter, you know, learning Hebrew and getting commitments to learn Hebrew and do other things through social media, God knows how many you'll touch in the next couple of years. Well, this begins the campaign of Read Hebrew America. Uh, Read Hebrew America is, is a, a full-year campaign, but it actually is emphasized during the high holidays, um, where they can call 1-800-44-HEBREW and sign up for a real live teacher anywhere in, in America. Um, we have about, uh, we expect about 500 classes over America, teaching, uh, uh, who knows, three, four, five, six thousand people how to read Hebrew over the next month and a half. Through November. Unbelievable. Is the high, Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald's with us, the legend, uh, director, founder of NJOP. Is the, um, is the, um, is, is the beginner's service in the high holidays much different than the beginner's service on Sabbath and regular holidays? Well, I'm a big believer in small groups. So I believe if a beginner's service is more than 50 people, then you don't really have the personal connection. Usually beginner services or learning services or explanatory services over the high holidays involve a couple hundred people. Um, so you don't have the personal connection. Uh, you can't invite everybody to house <laughs> the service, you know, for Sabbath lunch. Right. Um, but it still is very, very impactful. And you have literally thousands of people. This year we've started a new program through the, uh, the great generosity of the Fryer family. Sylvia Fryer, memory of her beloved husband, late husband, Carl Fryer, right. are sponsoring 35 new beginner services. They're giving grants to 35 different new locations who have never offered a beginner service or an explanatory service in the high holidays. And uh, they also have underwritten three training videos for leaders um, who want to lead beginner services. So this is a very big thing for us, to start 35 new beginner services in addition to the hundreds that are being run throughout the country. So one second. So when you when you do a beginner service now under the Friar Foundation in places like Grays Lake, Illinois, and Fort Collins, Colorado, and Toluca Lake, California, you need personnel to send out there. We train the personnel through these training videos. That's the beauty of it. Gosh. The beauty is that they can train their own local people um, we also have consultation meetings over the video, over the Internet, um, and we um, each year uh, we speak with people extensively uh, in our office about running these beginner services and training them. So it's really everything is done high-tech today. It's unbelievable. What about Sukkot? Are you again opening up Sukkot uh, yep, across America? Sukkot across America. Uh, we expect... Um, 80 new, 80 locations this year, which would mean about 5,000 people are gonna go into a sukkah, take a little of an etrobe for the first, possibly for the first time in their lives and celebrate. And they're very, very creative events. Um, people, you know, have like, uh, you know, shake, have a, a little of shake, you know, sort of an ice cream shake, right. um, with their little of, um, they have all sorts of creative ideas about how to entice people to come to the Sukkot. And these locations are really, really, uh, exceptional. Yeah, in fact, there's someone here listed on some of the things I saw regarding Sukkot across America that there are some creative themes. You know, look, uh, you, you turn Friday night into Shabbos. You, you knew how you know how important that phrase was. Yeah. So yeah. with sleep su- over in the Sukkah, right? Pizza, pizza in the hut. Pizza in the or hut. Take me out to the Sukkah. <laughs> take me out to the Sukkah and sleep yeah. over in the Sukkah. So there are a lot of great themes that people could use. May not be as brilliant as turn Friday night into Shabbos, but they're pretty good. Let me tell you. Right, right. We're getting there. We're getting there. And what? then these are local synagogues that are coming up with these ideas. 
Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So you're telling me, and this is such an important message right book, Walt, because I guarantee you there's at least one person listening right now whose only connection to Judaism and its observance is this show. I guarantee you that there are people listening right now who've never walked into a synagogue. If they have, it has not been for the last God knows how many years. <laughs> and they are listening, well, and you are telling them right now, you're making the following statement to them, that if they contact you today, that by the time Sukkot arrives, they'll be able to read Hebrew, to participate in a service, they'll have a much more meaningful Rosh Hashanah, and they will simply be much more fulfilled as human beings and Jews because of this experience. Guaranteed owe their money back for everything that they pay for the courses and for the programs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and uh, really, JM and the AM is one of the great uh, outreach engagement programs in the world. And the influence that you've had on so many, so many people uh, really has brought a blessing to the Jewish community. I appreciate that. I hope in the next, I, I hope in the next year you and I reach a lot more. I want to wish you a very, very happy and healthy new year. Mm-hmm. I want to extend my condolences to you on the loss of your beloved mother. Thank you. And uh, it should be a year of simcha and consolation for everybody. Amen. I remind everybody. Go to njop.org, njop.org, for any information about all the things we just discussed with the Rabbi Buchwald and 1-844-HEBREW, 1-844-HEBREW. Rabbi Buchwald, Shana Tava Mutuka, happy, healthy, and, and sweet new year. All of you. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Thursday morning broadcast, this is JM in the AM. Mm-hmm.